This week on the Line Stepper Sports Podcast, I have a life update for all you fine people. The NBA is finally about to come back, and I'm premiering the first ever Line Stepper story time. But first, you know what it is, the drop. I feel like I can say you know what it is because this is episode 9 and we've built up a rapport at this point. You know me. I uh, know the analytics page. It's like the same thing. So, hey, people. Uh, as I mentioned, it's been a little hiatus for your boy. But uh, in the last 30 to 60 days, fret not. I've still been doing things. Unpaid things. Uh, you know, because what else am I going to do? Make money? <laughs> Never. But instead of uh, Line Stepper Sports, that work has taken the form of some intern stuff, some summer school, not because I suck at school, uh, but because I need more credits, which all, might be an indication that I suck at school. I don't know. doesn't matter. Had to do it. It's done. Your boy is scheduled to graduate on time, assuming society still exists in uh, nine or so months from now. But hey, here I am, hiatus over, sports hiatus over. I mean, that was really the reason I wasn't getting too active in front of the mic because there's just not that much to talk about. And every time I came up with ideas of like, all right, here's a new segment, here's a little comedy bit, you know, some good jokes. It's not really sports-centric because there are no sports. And the name of the damn website that I booked and own is Line Stepper Sports. So unless I want to do another rebrand for the third time in my life, it's got to be some sports. And wasn't much, but now we get some more. So I'm back. But in this time, in this this time I've been away, really, not throughout all the time I've been away, I just didn't really talk about it, uh, I've been focusing a lot on losing weight. I don't know if I'm doing it right, uh, but I'm doing it. And I, I'm down like 50 pounds in six months, and it's interesting. I feel like I'm supposed to say, oh, I feel better. It's like I've never seen color before. Uh, the food tastes better. The air uh, feels cleaner. I don't know, man. I, I kind of hate it. <laughs> I really do. It's not fun. It's not a fun process. I, I mean, I guess you pick up momentum as you go. Let me turn down the gain. I don't want to blow out any more eardrums besides my own. I could definitely say that. I picked up more momentum. I, I, I got a Fitbit like last Christmas. And at that moment, I was like, okay, I'm financially committed to this. So now I'm going to commit my mind and body and soul to the rest of this because if the money's first the rest has to follow that's just how I'm wired I guess it's probably kind of screwed up but yeah I did that and over that time ate better ate less really didn't work out a ton until uh probably the last like two two months or so I wasn't hitting weights wasn't really hitting treadmill wasn't doing cardio calisthenics anything uh but just the food alone was getting me to a better place and that's the hard part. You see, boys and girls, I'm a fat ass. I, I am at heart, and I wore it. Uh, I, was, I was, you know, I was going to say I wear my fat ass on my sleeve, but I wore it all over my body. I, I, it's, it's physically dragging me down. And, you, you know, you can see it. it, it the, the beauty of the audio medium is that none of you see my gorgeous face and my defined physique. So I can describe it that way, and you really don't have any way to fact check me. Although I think the website does link my Instagram, my Facebook. All right, look, don't go to the social stuff unless you're going to share. Because at that point, I'll trade my pride for greater analytics. But, if okay, you know what I look like. You get it. Not great. Hasn't been great for a long time. Been a problem. Been a real problem. I managed to avoid the pitfalls of diabetes. Diabetes. And, uh, you know, other major health issues. God bless. 
but not feeling great, not looking great, not feeling great about not looking great for a long, long time. And I'm improved, I'm better, but I'm not there yet. I don't know what there is. I, I think a lot of people go with like goal weights and they just want to see the number on the scale. And then that's like, okay, mission accomplished, either set a new one or we're good. We're going to maintain this. I tried that, I guess. I set like 200 pounds as my goal and I hit it finally. Boy, oh boy, finally. And I'm not satisfied. I'm still not satisfied. I think what I'm really focused on is how I look. And that is, you know, the most vain, societally motivated thing I could say. But that's true. I really don't care. I don't even care if I'm healthy, I don't think. If I was full of disease and riddled with uh, illnesses, but I looked like, you know, I was ripped. I had like an eight pack and I was just defined everywhere around. I would, I think I'd be pretty happy with that, honestly. I don't care that much if I'm healthy. I care about the outside. You see, boys and girls, it's not what's on the inside that matters. It's what's on the outside that matters. That's how the world works. And I can tell you, as someone who's been de pretty deep on not being happy about the outside, and also been someone who is, you know, not satisfied with the outside, but better. It's better. And can be a little bit more happy with that. I can tell you that the outside is what matters, everybody. All those things you read in books as a child or on after-school specials on television you saw, it's a damn lie. Nobody cares about your inside. It's all about the outside. And really, the only way anyone does care about the inside of someone else is if they can uh, appreciate the outside first. The outside is the barrier to entry. Uh, you know, I'm still the same swell old guy I've always been, but no one's going to find out because the outside is such a damn train wreck. You know what I mean? You gotta, it's a boundary. If you, if you look awful and you don't look attractive, no one's ever going to find out about the, the wonderful person that's inside. Man, this sounds really harsh, but I'm just sharing my findings, ladies and germs. Uh, I keep, I love that I keep including ladies when I say, you know, boys and girls, ladies, there's no women who are going to listen to this. And, uh, that's probably for the best actually. But yeah, uh, that's what I've learned from losing 50 pounds so far. Uh, the outside is all that matters. And don't bother working on your personality because no one will even notice if the outside's not up to par. <sighs> boy, oh boy. What else have I learned? I mean, I said I, I don't really like it. I, don't, I hate the process. I hate working out. I hate not eating. And I hate uh, not eating a ton when I do eat. But that's just what it is. I think I kind of just decided I, I got to try this. I'm not, I can't go my entire life experience because, you know, we only have one shot at this thing. That's all that's guaranteed. You know, whatever you believe in. I know I got this right now. So I'm going to assume that's the only thing. And if this is the only thing, am I really going to go the entire time without ever experiencing what it's like to not be a fat person? And I'm like, no, I got to try. Even if I hate it, even if I don't, you know, enjoy it in any way. Did I make that clear? You got to try. You got to get all sides of the perspective. You got to experience and soak up as much as you can in this life. And that's one way to do it. So I'm trying to do it. And I am doing it. But uh, I don't want to go into like, what am I doing specifically with diet and what, ex what exercises, when I'm working out, how often. Because I really think this is really the nugget of any person who talks about weight loss or, uh, and there are people love talking about it too. I'm trying not to be like too out there with it, but, uh, 
I did, I did post on my, my Instagram story, like something like, Oh, I finally, you know, I'm down 50 pounds at six months. This is a milestone for me. It's good, but it's still plenty more to do. And I really did that. This is my sick, sick mind. I did that not to show off to people like, aren't I special? Why don't you tell me? I don't care. I don't care what people, I don't, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want your adulation because all that's going to do is get into my head and make me more, more lazy, which is not something I need help with. I did that because I know in the back of my mind, every time, if I ever pick up a cheeseburger or a slice of pizza or a scoop of ice cream, whatever, if I ever do that again, when, you know, whenever that time's going to be, hopefully, you know, Hopefully it won't, I want to say it'll never happen again, but it'll happen again. Of course it will. I've been pretty damn good with the diet, but there's pitfalls, there's holidays, there's birthday, whatever there. And then there's just general jackassery with my diet, which is also a very present factor. But I know in the back of my head, when I post that on my Insta story and people see it, even if they forget about it a day later, I will always remember that I told those people I'm trying to lose weight and I'm doing it. And I'm going to, I said, I'm going to continue to do it. So how could, in my head, I'm thinking, I can't lie to those people. I'm a damn fraud if I go back on my word here. I've made a digital promise to 250 whatever people who saw my story. That's probably a sad number, but that's the truth. I've made a digital promise that maybe they're not aware of, but I'm aware of. And that's all that counts. So I can't go back because it would, not only would it make me a fat ass, it would make me a liar. And that really gets to my character so that's why i did it but i'm sure no doubt i try not to look at instagram a lot because it depresses me frankly uh there's countless people who every time they do a damn sit-up the whole world has to know i'm trying not to be like that because that a that's not helpful to me and b that's just uh in my opinion general social douchebaggery that i wouldn't like not to partake in so you know that's what's been up with me, and that'll continue to be up with me. Maybe I'll have updates in the future. Um, I guess I'll say this. If, if you don't hear me talk about this in the future at all, it means I'm fucking up. <laughs> That's what it means. It means I don't want to talk about it because I got nothing but bad news. So I'll, you know, I'll shout out a little something. I mean, honestly, this is another way of keeping me accountable. Now, the next time I want to push out the last reps or two of a set of whatever, part of me is going to be thinking... You went to your podcast and you rambled for 10 minutes about how you're doing this thing. Are you really going to lie to all those people? Those tens of people? Hmm? You want to do that, Brad? No, you don't. You want to push it out. You want to keep going. You want to stay on the horse. Don't get knocked off. But, you know, that's yet another little slice into my psychotic mindset uh, that you're aware of. So, you know, you're welcome, first of all. Uh, But, yeah, it's been losing weight trying to work out, trying to not eat like a damn animal. That's taken a lot of my time and, and willpower (laughs) and then working on more things that don't pay me some, you know, some little internship stuff hard out here for an internship pimp with no sports, but it's trying to, trying to do what we can. Although I will say a silver, silver lining to this, whatever the hell you want to call it, that society's in never been easier to be a broke ass bull. I will say not a ton of opportunities to spend your money on. Not going to bars, um, you know, not going out for drinks, uh, not going to a place that will sell you alcohol. Um, I'm sure there's other things, but, you know, those are the three distinct things that I can think of. But that's just been life, man. And we're jumping back on the horse with LSS. 
And now that sports are back, I can finally do that, and I'm excited. I'm excited because the NBA is back. Just about, finally. It's in a damn bubble. But I'm going to preview this. I'm going to preview this little return the best I can. First of all, props to them. Props to Silver and whoever else runs all that. Because uh, I think it's, it's a common expression, usually in reference to people. In times of crisis is when the true character of an individual is revealed. You, don't, you know, don't consider how a person is treating others, treating themselves, when things are going great. Because everything's easy when things are going great. There's no pandemic. Oh, it's all easy. It's easy to set up games. It's easy to organize, you know, locations, hotels, everything. It's all easy when things are going well, going the way they're supposed to. But then when things don't go well, how do people respond? And how do organizations respond? The NBA responded pretty well. Got them in a bubble. Kind of sucks. Yes, every other day people are leaving for chicken wings or strippers uh, or whatever, you know, the media is willing to report. But in general, doing pretty well. I don't believe there's any positive tests yet. Hopefully it'll stay that way. Although, again, there's a lot of runway still to hit with this thing. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. But hey, what we're doing so far... Give you a double clap. Good job, Silver. Good job, NBA. MLB, like I said, true character is revealed when things aren't going so well. And uh, shockingly, in a, in a turn that no one could have foreseen, the, N- the MLB is fucking it up just a little bit. Half the damn Marlins got infected uh, when they were playing the Phillies. Now, that could have just been the Phillies' AIDS style of baseball infecting them with a disease entirely other than coronavirus. But it, it would appear it's coronavirus. And at the same time, yes, this is, a, this is a, a bit of a goof from them. Predictable goof. But also, I'm not with the whole media thing of, oh my god, the world's on fire. Baseball's got to end. Shut it all down now. It's over. It's not. Okay? People got it. They'll go quarantine. They'll get better. And then they'll be fine. And for the rest of the people isolate the best you can and keep playing keep going we're not at the critical mass point where you got to shut everything down just yet we're not, i don't think we're close to that there's a lot of players in the mlb one team completely screwed the phillies nobody has it according to the test but screwed for a little bit can't play gotta you know have a little incubation period to make sure everything's all good but really just one team the miami marlins of all teams and really who is going to notice if the marlins aren't playing anybody people in florida even no Nobody cares. The only people are going to notice are Phillies fans because every it's it's agonizing when you lose to a team that is in your division and just got awful. Like the Eagles losing to the Redskins. It's just like, why? It's just a damn... It's already a kick to the stomach when you lose in any division matchup. But when it's the worst team, and not just like this year, oh, it's a constant rotation, who's at the top? Is the, the Marlins are just a shit-tier organization. Full stop. When you lose to them... It just hurts. So Phillies fans will notice that they don't have to take that gut punch for a good minute. So really, I think it's to the benefit of everyone, and I can't see the problem with the Marlins contracting coronavirus. Can't see the problem. And if you try to tell me there's one, uh, you know, I can't be convinced. But that's an aside. The NBA is coming back, and that's what I really want to talk about because that's all I give a shit about. That's all anyone should give a shit about. I don't even want to bring up the NFL or the NHL, because A, none of you people care about the NHL, and B, uh, the NFL is too far out. Yeah, they're, I mean, NFL media has really been grasping at straws, God bless them, because they still have hours of programming to fill, trying to 
associate, you know, oh, this happened to MLB, so if we track the red yarn across this tack board, uh, that's what it means for the NFL in the, the two months. No. Who knows? Nobody knows anything. I'll feel comfortable talking about the NFL when we're a matter of, you know, less than a week away from that because we're less than a week away from the NBA, and now is when I'm choosing to chime in with a little preview because this is the most information we're going to have before this thing kicks off just about, and that's what I'm comfortable talking about. So, that being said, NBA's doing a great job, MLB's doing a shitty job, predictably. The only thing I don't care for with the NBA setup, because even the television product is great, the no fans, the like weird digital thing, there's no empty seats in the background of the basketball court, there's just the benches with socially distant seating, it's fine, it's all fine. I just hate the crowd noise. Why do we have the fake crowd noise? What's the point? Who's fooled by this? Who's watching this? What kind of dumbasses do they think are watching this and are just go- and are just like, oh man, I guess they got some crowd behind the cameras. Well, ruin them on. We all know it's fake. Everybody knows it's fake. We're just lying to ourselves. We're lying to each other and we're lying to ourselves. Why? Why? Does it help the players? Are the players like, you know, I, I just can't get up for the this, this weird-ass playoff setup. Uh, millions of dollars. I, I can't. It's just not the salary, the the fandom. It's it's just uh, Twitter. It's uh, it's not enough for me. You know what's gonna get me to put in full effort? If you blast some blast your speakers with fake crowd noise, that's what's gonna get me to play at my apex. Nobody's saying that. It's absurd. Just stop. Just own the fact. Owning it is the correct way to handle every single point of confrontation in your life. Pro tip: If anyone if you, feel, if you feel insecure about something, whatever. Like, I just gave you a great example in the first 10 minutes. I am a fat ass at heart. I'm wearing less of it, but I still am. And I own the fact. I have to own it. I especially had to own it when I was 50 pounds heavier. But I'll always own it because it's who I am. And if you own something, it has no power over you. If someone calls me a fat ass, I'm going to say, yeah, you're right. I am. I know that about myself. I own that about myself. I'm trying to do better. What are they going to say to that? Like, if someone called me fat right now, I would, my response is, yeah, you know, I am, but I'm working on that, you know, I've, I've lost a good amount of weight so far, and I'm continuing, but you're right, I st- obviously I still have a ton of work to do, um, and that's something I'm trying to work on. You're going to stop their argument in their tracks, because what do you say to that? Well, uh, you, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, you're fat. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's... There is no point of confrontation. There's no argument to build on. It's, you just own it. And just like I'm owning my fat assery, the NBA should own the fact that this is weird as hell. And there is no crowd there. Nobody thinks there's a crowd there. For God's sake, you have people on monitors in the background to make up for the fact, partially, that there is no crowd there. So just own the fact that there's no crowd there. Mic up the players. You got to put on a minute-long delay. So, you know, when Carmelo grabs a rebound and he says, give me that shit. It doesn't go across national airwaves. Fine. Fine. That's a fine compromise that I can accept. I can't accept blasting crowd noise over speakers because it just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to anybody. So why? What's the point? Who was helped by this? The product, it doesn't make the television product better. It doesn't make me feel, it doesn't make it feel more familiar. It's like, oh man, there's I can hear crowd noise. It's almost like the regular NBA. No, it's not. It's not. It's not even close. None of this is close. Just own the fact that none of this is close. It's so easy. You've done so many things right. 
You, I mean, you own the fact it's coronavirus because you got everyone in a vi- in a bubble. You're not trying to do what the MLB is like. Ah, it's business as usual, kinda. Yeah, we'll change the divisions. Yeah, we'll, you know, the shortened season, whatever. Uh, the MLB's biggest problem this season is collective bargaining, not even the coronavirus. So they're, they got all their priorities messed up. But the NBA, they got it. They understand this virus is a thing. They got the bubble. They're doing the right things. But just complete the picture for me, guys. Eliminate the crowd noise. It's stupid. It doesn't help anybody. There you go. Rant, mini rant over. But to preview the basketball that we still have left to see, um, hmm, you know, I said this would be a preview, and when I was doing my prep, I was going team by team, you know, kind of like what I did last year, uh, they got, or two years ago, whatever the hell my podcast was called at that time, you know, what are the Blazers doing, maybe they can sneak in, or ooh, the Nuggets look promising, but of course you have the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks are still the top three, but then I realized Nobody has any damn idea of what's going to happen in this bubble. Nobody knows. Any given day, really, at the drop of a hat, this whole thing could be over. But just on a smaller scale, at the drop of a hat, any one of these players could just be gone. Again, either because they're going to a club or because they actually contracted the virus. So trying to predict who's going to... We're just trying to act like all these teams are going to be intact by the time we get to the finals... It just feels foolish to me and futile. It feels like a waste of time because I just don't think everyone's going to be, every team is going to look the way they do now by the time we get there. I just, I hopefully they do. Fingers crossed. Everyone stays healthy. But it just seems like the odds are stacked against that. So why bother? Why bother trying to say, you know, a hypothetical Bucks-Toronto matchup when I don't even know what the players on the teams are going to be at that point? What's the point? I'll preview that stuff, like, again, the day before it happens, because that's when I'll have the most information possible. So instead of that, there's there's really only one prediction I feel confident in making. And I should say, again, as it pertains to all this, this title is already kind of a bullshit title. Like, the Larry O'Brien, they should... uh, paint it silver or something to commemorate that this is all right yeah you want it but i mean what, what are we doing here it's kind of like well I mean, even last year was kind of a bs title the way toronto took advantage of all the injuries that golden state had which now feels like five years ago but believe it or not the toronto raptors are still to this day the reigning nba champions for over two years uh it feels like but i i don't How do I want to put this? Imagine if every year when a team won the title, the physical size of the trophy that they get given pertains directly to how significant the title is. So, for example, 2016, the Cavs come back, beat the Warriors after being down 3-1. The size of the trophy that the Cavs should have got that year... Uh, should have been as big as a house because that's a ginormous accomplishment coming back against basically the greatest team of all time. And the size of the trophy should commemorate that. Now apply that to this year, that principle. Um, The Larry O'Brien trophy should be about the size of like a can of Coke or a can of Miller uh, for you college students. It's to commemorate the fact that this is not, okay, you're going to get a a trophy and you're going to get a ring, but really... 
come on. What, what are we doing here? Trying to apply this to the years and decades of history of all these teams, the, you know, the dynasties, the different eras, comparing this title to all that history is just not apt. It's not direct. You can't do it. So again, got to own the fact. So I say, whoever wins, whether it's like the Rockets on some crazy streak or the Lakers, predictably, even in normal circumstances, Larry O'Brien trophy, uh, paperweight size, because it, it, circumstances would dictate this is not a legitimate situation in a litany of ways. So with that in mind, and again, we're not even going to know, I'm saying that now, before anything happens, before really anyone besides Avery Bradley is out of this bubble for the whole thing. It's only going to get worse. It's only going to get more shoddy as time goes on. It's not, this competition is not going to become more legitimate all of a sudden than we think it is now. It's only going to become less legitimate because people aren't coming in, people are going to drop out. That's what's going to happen. So if I say it's paperweight size now, uh, we may be looking at the head of a pin for the size of this trophy in a couple weeks, depending on who's in, who's out. But with that being said, again, nobody should have predictions for this thing because nobody really knows what's going to go on. And if you are making confident predictions, uh, I'd say you're either a liar, uh, a general bullshit artist, or you just have way too many hours of programming to fill. <coughs> ESPN on <coughs> Fox Sports. But listen, the only thing that is virtually certain with this bizarre-ass setup is that the Sixers are not going to win at all. They're, they're, I, that's the only thing I feel confident in saying. And I know the Sixers are better than any other NBA team. So I can tell you this. They're not going to win it. They don't... This is the end of my notes, because I was going to keep break down exactly why I came to this conclusion, but then I'm like, I don't feel like writing a novel and going into that on my notes app. So I'll just go into the podcast. I'm going to freestyle it. So here we go. Sixers can't win this shit. You know why? Because they're the Sixers. What does that mean? They don't have a team identity, first of all. Their only identity as a team is that they do not have an identity, if that makes any sense. They, ju- they just moved Ben from point guard to power forward. For, you know, why not get Shake Milton in there? Let's just throw stuff at the wall and see if it sticks. Brett Brown is obviously trying to save his job right now because he knows it's all but gone. And the only way to bring it back is some bizarre title run. The, winning the title is probably the worst thing that could happen to the Sixers. Because if they did, they're going to bring back Brett. Which they should not do. Bless his heart. Seems like a sweet guy. He's got a Australian accent. Love him to death. Great for developing players. Roko, TJ. It was a golden... It was, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. But the times are over. Gotta get rid of him. Gotta be gone clearly not the guy. I don't know who the guy is. That's always the next question. That's what's hard about firing a coach. It means you got to hire another one. I don't know who you hire, but I'm, I reached my damn wits end with this. It's time. It's time. It's been time. It's time. So I'm accepting the fact they're not going to win this year and then we'll get rid of Brett and then we'll reach another phase of this never ending shitstorm That is the Philadelphia 76ers since 2010 or whatever. Don't have an identity. Every other team, at least I know what they're going to do. The Lakers, it's LeBron and AD. The Bucks, it's Giannis and driving kick. 
Uh, yeah, assuming he doesn't slam it down the net. Rockets, they're just going to shoot a ton of threes. Harden's going to ISO, and if he's not ISOing, Russell ISO. Uh, the Blazers even. Even the teams that are, on paper, significantly worse than the Sixers have much clearer identities, much, much less confusion. And in an environment where everything is confusing, you need to minimize that when you're on the floor. Blazers. You got Dame. You got CJ. You got these big guys coming back. Uh, Boston. It's Tatum's time to shine. We still got Jalen Brown. All these swingmen. Hayward. Kemba, assuming his knees are intact. I, I know what's going on with all these teams. I know about their play style, who you got to worry about, who you, who you can sag off on a little bit. Sixers, I still I, I still really do not know what, what the, if Ben is going to shoot. I don't know if jo, Joel's going to be healthy. Although, with both of those points, if I had to guess, I would say no for both of them based on, I don't know, years of evidence. I, and, if the, and if those things don't happen, what, am I relying on Tobias Harris? Al Horford? Again, other guys who I also am not sure what it is they're going to contribute exactly? Y- you know what I mean? I could go on. Like, am I, am I just going to throw all my eggs in the Shake Milton basket and hope he leads us to the promised land? I think not. I think not. Now, I don't know if that's going to mean they're going to get knocked out in the first round, second round, conference finals. Who knows? Maybe even the finals it takes to get them knocked out because everything is so weird for everybody. Maybe they could get that far. Maybe I'm wrong. But I just can't get over the Mount Everest of evidence that I see before me that would is screaming at me, no, this ain't going to happen. So, hey, if you're positive, I hope you stay positive. That's great. That's really, really great for you that you can be positive. But I can't because of evidence. And I don't even feel like I'm being typical Negadelphia guy. Because, again, this is based on facts, figures, and life experience, and actual chest pain, having experience watching Ben not shoot, and Joel refuse to acknowledge that his health plays a direct role in how good of a basketball player he can be. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to write something, or if I'm going to do a podcast about it. Eventually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to really go in-depth and put on my tinfoil hat in discerning what the hell is wrong with these Sixers players, and trying to figure it out. But I can, the one thing we can all say for sure is there is something wrong. And it's not going to get fixed inside of a bubble in Orlando. It's just not. So I don't know how you should bet your money if you're one of those people. I would say against the Sixers is the only thing I could say with 100% confidence. And that's really my NBA preview. Because again, I don't know what the hell is going to happen. I'll pull up the standings right now. Who are the big players? The big players... I mean, even in the bubble, it's the same three teams. Clippers, Lakers, Bucks. And then you go a tier below that, and you got... Honestly, no. I'm, I would put the Raptors in that top tier. Because you talk about a team that knows what they're doing, has got a system figured out, doesn't have a ton of confusion, that's the Raptors. Imagine if they won back-to-back like that, with Kawhi and without Kawhi, in all the bizarre circumstances that led to both of those individual titles, but they just so happen to come... One after another. My God. Imagine, I mean, the sports writers are salivating at the book deals they could get for that. I would put the, but yeah, I would put the Raptors in that top tier. Because they got it figured out. If you go a tier below that, I mean, Celtics, Nuggets, I don't know, Jazz, Thunder. I mean, it, it just feels too futile. It feels like a waste of time. 
So, in the interest of wasting as little time as possible, I'm going to move on to the final segment of this podcast, the one I previewed in the intro, Line Stepper Story Time, in which I will regale you all with a story or tale from the illustrious life of me, Brad. Uh, and just like every other segment that I do, it's not going to be every week, but every once in a while it'll come back around when I feel like I get something pretty good for it. And I think I got something pretty decent for this inaugural edition. So, to set the stage, uh, this is about five, six years ago, I was a younger man, I was a fatter man, and I guess this would have been the summer after my junior year of high school. I spent a week at Villanova University uh, at a sports nerd broadcasting media whatever the hell camp and it was all kids like around my age trying to get some chops really so they could you know get into college and I think that worked out for me I learned a lot from some people there about Syracuse helped me make that decision it was good it was good in a lot of ways what wasn't good is the the people I had to deal with and to understand the story you got to understand the people in it so there's a specific archetype of like aspiring sports broadcaster douchebag and I've become much more familiar with this species as I've attended Newhouse, but I wasn't so familiar then, but I was learning a little bit. And I can tell you now, they're not fun people, not a fun bunch of, and it, and it is guys, not a bunch of fun guys. Cause they're, it's just, they're really just pushy and annoying in their opinions and very rigid in their opinions. And nothing you can say is really gonna change any of their minds because they all think, oh, I heard this podcast or I read this article, so therefore I know more than you. And when you talk to them about anything sports-related, or actually with most things in general, they're not really hearing your opinion. They're just waiting for you to stop talking so they can resume talking again, if, if you get what I'm saying. So it's annoying as hell. And having to deal with it was infuriating at that time, and it really should have clued me in to the fact that I would not enjoy dealing with these people in the future, like I am now. But whatever, you get that. Not a, not a fun bunch of group of guys. Everyone is a damn know-it-all and thinks they're you know going to be the next Colin Coward. <sighs> that being said, we were doing this exercise in my like you know like age group at the camp, probably 16, 17, 18 year olds, maybe like about 50 of us, and we were all in this auditorium, uh, and the exercise we were doing was a mock sports radio show. So two people at a time would be hosts of this fake show. And there'd be another person assigned as the caller who would bring up some topic and then everyone have to hit it back and forth for a little bit, try to make it like a real show, don't flub, don't stutter, or hit a bunch of silence, you know, keep the conversation flowing and then get the guy off the line and then get the next caller and, you know, go like that for a little bit and everyone gets to do every job. And it was like, you know, like a couple hours of that. It was kind of fun, but, well, the fun part was watching all the people go ahead of me and hearing just ridiculous opinions and... Well, I guess it wasn't so fun because I couldn't combat them with my natural intense attitude. But eventually, comes around, it's my turn, and the whole thing is being run by, you know, one of the local uh, Philadelphia sports radio personalities who came in as like a guest speaker and took a bunch of questions and then ran this whole exercise with us. So he's running the exercise, and every single round, every group of three, a winner is picked. Whoever had... The, the, you know, the most salient opinion, who was the smoothest in their speaking, they were the winner. And then, you know, it was going to move on and then all the winners would go against each other and then eventually someone would be picked and they get a free fucking t-shirt or whatever. So you wanted to, it was important you had your shit together with this. You wanted to be, and especially if you're, you know, one of these 
overachieving nerd kids like me, you really want to prove to everybody that you got your sports media chops ready to go. So it's my turn. I go up, and I forget what the hell the topic was, but it was something like some douchebag player was making a bunch of ruckus, and some other some other team had signed them, and you know trying to do the thing teams always do, where we'll be the ones to change him. It's like a girl who who's like wants a guy who's fresh out of jail. Like I'm gonna fix him. No, you're not. But listen, but whatever. That was the situation we had to discuss in the sports segment. So I go up. I'm one of the hosts. I get assigned that job. So the caller person says, yeah, you know, I, I think it can work. I think this this player, whatever the hell is, you know, they obviously have talent. They're going to be good. And then I just go in with my thing. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, thanks for your call. Thanks for your call. Yeah, yeah. Um, click. Hang up. Nah, I, I, I don't see it working because we've seen a pattern here. This player's always done this bullshit. I'm not cursing, obviously, in the room with the adults and the children. But you get it always doing this nonsense it's you know it's annoying yeah they can play but it, they're always held back by this and you know i just think they're a cancer in the locker room i, I think they're a cancer and it's whoa stop this is the, the guy interrupts me the the guest speaker guy who's running the whole thing interrupts me so uh, he says whoa 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 and he like closes his eyes holds his hands up does that whole thing shaking his head back and forth like i just made some kind of egregious error and i'm like this young i look up to this guy i've heard this guy on the radio before he's from the local market i've heard him for years and I, i'm not i won't dox him and say specifically who it is but I'm, I'm like, when he stops me like that in the middle of my argument, I'm like, oh my, I'm like, oh, uh, what did I do wrong? Like, please enlighten me so I can become a better broadcaster. Uh, please teach me. And he's just like, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. Cancer in the locker room? You, you can't, you, you shouldn't say cancer. Cancer is a serious thing and, and you shouldn't use it. And things just you know say they're a problem say they're don't say cancer in the locker room my god and he just seemed exasperated that i would have the audacity to say a locker room cancer how could how could you how that that cancer kills people brad first of all and for, and again the, my heart sunk my heart sunk when i heard when that was when i heard that that was the thing he was stopping me for because I'm like, oh my god, this old boomer fuck is really going to get pissed off that I said locker room cancer. But I can't say that because, you know, he has all the power and I am nothing but a, but a pupil of his. So, of course, I say, oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. I'm sorry about that. I, did, I didn't mean that. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's a problem. Uh, totally got it. Won't say that again. My fault. And then we go back and continue with the segment. But the whole time we're continuing with the segment, I can't help but think, this is so stupid that's your criticism people coming up here can't string together five goddamn words at the same time and you're worried that i said the phrase that i that the phrase locker room cancer is going to offend listeners first of all and you know actually maybe he's right maybe the term locker room cancer would offend the 85 year olds who are on death's door who are the only goddamn people who listen to terrestrial sports radio in this day and age maybe that will offend them you know Maybe if I say I don't give a damn, they're going to fall out of their rocking chairs. Y you see what I mean? That's That was really the disconnect. I didn't realize that at the time, but that's the disconnect. That old man, host, is used to doing a show for a bunch of other old people who get offended at, every, at everything. And me and my generation have a heart, well, depends on what sect of the generation. But, you know, sports 
uh, interested people my age are not so easily offended by things, and that's the disconnect. But obviously, I didn't, I, I couldn't explain that to him at the time, because one, I didn't fully realize it, and two, we're still in the middle of this game here. So I'm just like, I'm like, uh, okay, well, uh, trying to get back on uh, back on the horse with the whole conversation. Oh well, yeah, he's a problem, but I don't think it'll work. Whatever, whatever. And then of course, of course, when it's time to pick a winner, I don't get picked. One of those other douchebags gets picked. And slights like that still irk me to this day, long after the fact. Long after the fact. Not even just the fact that it, that it happened, but long after such time anyone would ever remember this happening. I'm sure the host can't remember it. I'm sure the other people, you know, in the exercise can't remember it. But I remember it. And I resent that sports media host to this very day for scolding me for saying the phrase locker room cancer. Matter of fact, because because of that, I still I, I defiantly say the phrase locker room cancer to this very day. Aren't I so brave? Aren't I so brave? But yeah, that's it doesn't have a conclusion beyond that. I lost and I was sad and upset. And it, it it's only worked further into my inferiority complex. Uh, which may be a good thing. Maybe that makes me work harder. But I hated that. I hated that so much. And I still hate it to this day. I can picture. I, I, I can picture in my head exactly the way he looked. When he closed his eyes, held up his hand, and said, whoa, 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 whoa. And I can picture looking up at him from uh, instead of looking at my co-host, fake co-host, and seeing him and seeing the, <laughs> the, the uprising seating of all those other douchebag sports media nerd kids looking at me. And like fake shaking their heads, like they like they knew that that was an error. Like they wouldn't have said the same thing if they had the balls, if they had the balls to use such offensive language that I did. I, I man, I never said you wouldn't be offended listening to this show. Okay, read the description. It says a bunch of stuff. Doesn't say anything about not being offended. So if you can't handle such vulgar terminology as locker room cancer, I suggest you leave right now. Okay, that's another rant over. That'll be the show this week. Hopefully next week I will have some hot takes on the legitimate NBA action that we will finally be getting. And we're finally getting it. Listen, I ripped the, I, I'm, I'm pissed off about the crowd noise thing. I'm pissed off about, you know, that, that actually, actually that's kind of the only thing I'm pissed off about. But all things considered, they're doing a great job and we're having basketball. You know what's better than not having basketball? Having basketball. So beggars can't be choosers. We're all on the same team here and we're all going to be happier because sports are back to take attention away from all the other parts of our lives that we are desperately trying to avoid and i for one am grateful for that 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 distraction and i'm sure you are too i mean hell you listen to 40 minutes of this you must be grateful for a distraction my god you must be clawing for a distraction so thank you i appreciate it and i'll see you next time peace